The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. It's late, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Hotty toddy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motion Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm joined tonight by my cohort, Mr. Yancey Porter. What's going on, Yancey? Not much. You guys are cold? No, yeah, well, kind of. A little bit. Yeah. Just a little sniffing. Just the, the allergy crud, you know? Yeah. So much pollen in the air up here in Oxford, man. Every day on my phone, I get a pollen alert. And I, normally, pollen doesn't bother me, but it has this year. So, it's, hey. It's getting old. Yeah, old, old and worn out. Um, great weekend over the weekend, man. Grove Bowl weekend. Uh, the baseball team swept a really fine Florida team, a top 20 Florida team. Uh, just the kind of offensive explosion that you've been saying they were capable of since before the season. Yeah, the last two weekends, uh, two World Series teams last year, and they got 82 hits in those six games. So. Yeah, definitely an offensive explosion. Yeah, and uh, we got Mike Bianco on at six fifteen, and uh, uh, what's on tap? I'll just go ahead and do that. Brought to you by Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football on a huge screen, and other things, concerts. Uh, Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, one twenty South Eleventh. Never mind, you know where the library is. Everybody does. Baseball coach, it's Mike Bianco at six fifteen, and uh, our resident football expert. Tom Luke on at 6.30, kind of discuss the overall picture of the Grove Bowl. And in coming weeks before we leave the air in the end of May, uh, we're going to have some assistant coaches on. Of course, they're going to have to go on the road recruiting, but yeah. uh, they've pledged to me that they'll carve out some time for <laughs> Rebel Yell Hotline, so we'll get some of that. Uh, uh, on Richard's show that just went off the air, Mike Bianco said that uh, – Zach Phillips is going to start against Southern Mississippi Tuesday. Kind of surprised me. I thought you'd, we'd see Hoglin. Yeah, maybe they plan on putting Hoglin in on Sunday. We'll see. Well, I think I think his reasoning is, and I'm not sure of this, but I've watched Southern Mississippi once. They got a, a bunch lot of left-handed. Yeah. yeah, 
That's what he said. So we're left-handed dominant, but I don't know. We'll see uh, what's going to happen Sunday. Um, if he's going to keep Roth in there, or go back to Huglin, or go to Miller, or some people even said maybe Tyler, but I, I, I don't know. That'll yeah. be a question we'll, we'll have to find out. Yeah, that's going to be a, a, a question for him at six fifteen. And and Chuck, you, you know, Will's blister came back and yeah, that's or not be came a back. Too. If he's out, then you you got two possibly. So yeah. we'll see. That'll be a question too. Freshman sensation Doug Nikhazy was named the SEC Freshman of the Week. Mm-hmm. Had a really good game. Uh, first game Saturday. Uh, gave him what six, seven innings. Of, yeah, he's he's dynamite. He's, he's wicked. His breaking ball is wicked. And also, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, John Miller, football operations guy, been here since Hugh Freeze was hired in 2012. Uh, retired Saturday. It was his last day. And Matt Luke has uh, he's done a wonderful job in football operations, which is a very important job on the football staff. Matt Luke has hired Nolan Jones. He's a, a veteran of uh, football operations at many schools, Michigan, Kentucky, um, Northwestern, Kansas, Eastern Kentucky. He's got a master's degree from Eastern Kentucky. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting Nolan Jones and welcoming, welcoming him to the Ole Miss football staff. Me too. I'll miss John, though. Yeah. Well, John's still going to live in Oxford. Yeah. So we'll see a good bit of him. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yard Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. Get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, 
Let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com. Equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. You want to own the Galaxy for a limited time? Buy the brand new Samsung Galaxy S10 with C Spire and get one for free. Whoa. Get the best Galaxy experience on the best network now with twice the nationwide LTE. C Spire customer inspired. Man, I get one, buy one Galaxy and get one free. <laughs> Those things are about 800 bucks a piece, aren't they? You like anything free. Huh? You like anything. You that's are free. right, I do, and you do too. <laughs> if you don't, you're an idiot. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, 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 this baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're kind of hitting a stride, but they still got a few little kinks to work out. But yeah. this past weekend was good baseball. It was. It was. I think really things any. Everything's in stride now, but the back end of the bullpen, Connor Green struggled last uh, three or four outings, and he's been one of the guys that you put in that six-inning range, mm-hmm. try to get him to go two or three innings to get to Parker um, or maybe even close it out, kind of what they've done with Tyler and what they've done with Miller. But mm-hmm. if you move Miller or Tyler or both for this weekend, if Will does have to sit out for the weekend because of the blister, now, now who do you have on the back end? So – I think that's one kink. If, if Connor can can get his stride again, uh, you know, and, and Roth, I mean, you know, Roth was, I was hoping he might be a back end guy unless they put him in there at starter. You know, he's just been inconsistent. He just he with that left shoulder injury he had the day before the season started, uh, it's just made him consistently inconsistent. And yeah. they've got it. They they got to figure that out because you know hitting's going to go up and down. It's streaky, but pitching. And defense carry wherever you go, and they got to get a little bit more consistent in pitching. All right, let's go to the control room now. Uh, I think Hayden's in for Jack Schultz tonight. Take it away, Rhino, for Ole Miss Sports News. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss. What's up, Rebel Nation? Hayden King here, filling in for Jack Schultz this week. A lot of Ole Miss action over the weekend. Let's get to it. With baseball, after a midweek loss to North Alabama, the Rebs look to get the train back on the tracks against Florida for the weekend series, and that they did. Right from the start this weekend, the Ole Miss bats were hot, and the number 18 Rebs never stopped hitting, racking up a combined 40 runs to sweep the number 16 Gators at Swayze Field. After a 12-4 win Friday night, the Rebs came back and swept a Saturday doubleheader, taking care of the Gators 16-4 in Game 1 and 12-10 in Game 2. Ole Miss hit 415 as a team throughout the series as eight individual Rebels hit over 300 for the weekend. Doug Nikhazy named SEC Freshman of the Week today. The lefty only allowed one run in six innings and only his third conference start. The Rebels play Southern in Pearl tomorrow before hosting Kentucky this weekend. The annual Grove Bowl took place Saturday afternoon. 
The Ole Miss defense held on to a 27-0 lead given at the start of the game. The offense worked to overcome the score but fell just short 29-25. Junior Mohamed Sonogo led the new 3-4 defense with eight tackles, including a sack. On the offensive side, quarterback Matt Corral finished with 22 completions for 240 yards, a touchdown pass, and one interception. Freshman running back Snoop Connor racked up a team-high 52 yards on 10 carries. Switching over now, Ole Miss men's tennis improved their record to 14-10 on the season with a pair of sweeps Sunday over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Ole Miss earned its seventh victory in its last nine matches. And with softball number 18, Ole Miss swept its doubleheader against number 22 Kentucky on Saturday, earning its third conference series win of the season to move into fourth place in the league standings. That should get you dialed in for your Ole Miss news. Back to Chuck and Yancey. Thank you, Hayden. Good job, buddy. Um, man, I, I like the, what the softball team's doing, too. Yeah. Uh, they go up to Kentucky. Kentucky's a ranked team. They lose the opener um, and then come back and take a doubleheader uh, to, to win the series at Kentucky. They're fourth in the SEC. Every team, every team in the SEC is in the top 25. <laughs> every team. And they're fourth in the SEC. Not bad. Not They've bad at all. They've only lost one series. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, and they don't, according to David Johnson, who who covers uh, softball for us on, yeah. on the 247 Ole Miss Spirit. And loves it. Loves it. Um, we don't play the three top teams this year. I think that's Alabama, mm-hmm. LSU, and maybe Florida, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with it, but I think that's right. I thought they played Florida already. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm the last one to ask. But, yes, they don't play the top preseason three teams. Right. That were, whether they're still the top three teams or not, I don't know. But I know that they've only lost one series. You know, it's just like Ole Miss. Uh, you know, you look back through it and it's you feel like they're not having the season up until lately. But they've only lost one weekend series. I believe they're 7-1 and one on weekend series, 6-1 or 7-1. and one. So, you know, both of those programs are, are doing what they need to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the uh, good the good bad the crux of the good bad and ugly tonight in our last segment is that you know baseball and softball are, are <laughs> they're doing fine. They're yeah. just doing fine. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I get a little tired of uh, some of the uh, rhetoric on Twitter and our message boards and. You know about it's Omaha or bust. I, I'm, not, I'm not in that. I don't believe in that. I I believe there are good years without going to Omaha. I mean, anytime you're in the top ten, top fifteen in any program in the country, and and in the it's as tough as SEC is, I'm proud of you, and I think you're competitive, and that's all I ask of any Ole Miss teams to be competitive. Anything can happen in postseason play. That's right. It's, you know, you look at the totality of a season. You got four. Four or five months before postseason even plays, it's uh you know you got to look at the total picture. They finished; they were three C last year with the most wins they've ever had. Well, let's uh, but let's keep let's keep college sports in perspective too, Yancey. I mean, I want my my guys to go out there and play hard, be competitive, do the best they can do, you know, and have a chance to win it yeah, all. Yeah, I mean they you know they're, yeah. they're having a chance. They'll have a chance this year, and they will absolutely. We'll be right back with Mike Bianco after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Moser Mississippi Rebel Yard Hotline. Hang tight.
2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal, nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. Get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. Avanakins Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakins Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Vanakis diamond because you know she's worth it. Vanakis Jewelers Store at Downtown New Albany or Vanakis.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888 8637 And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. You don't know who that is, man. Huh? You don't know who it is, dude. All right, we're now joined, glad to be joined by Mike Bianco, the head baseball coach at Ole Miss. Coach, I just got one quick question for you. What is wrong with the offense, man? Well, listen, you know, things were going so bad, I just figured I would take over the offense for the weekend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I told Clement to just, listen, well, take a break. Let me see if I can figure it out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, 49 hits. Uh, what impressed me, too, tell me if this is patience or just Gator pitchers were off that weekend. 13 walks. I think that's – you know, showing good plate discipline. Am I wrong, or was that more of a product of the Gators being off? Well, I think it's a combination of both. But I'll tell you, Chuck, one of the things that, you know, over the years, you know, we, you know, even in our good offense years, you know, last year and then in 2016, you know, we, you know, one of the probably the negatives is we don't walk a ton. And usually great offenses walk, and not because of necessarily patience, you know, or super patience that you take a lot of pitches, you just don't swing at, you know, the bad pitches. And, and especially when you're really good offensively in, in college baseball, 
you know, uh, and if you're physical and hit home runs, you know, people, you know, pitch a little finer, and they you, you tend to walk more, you tend to get hit more. Uh, this team does that. This team gets hit by a lot of pitches. This team walks a lot. And so, you know, our on-base percentage is really high, and that puts a lot of pressure. And, and then when you look at our stolen base numbers, and even though we don't got a lot of little burners running around there, you know, we steal. You know, guys like you know, Dillard and Kessinger and Servideo and, and, you know, others, you know. So uh, put a lot, of, a lot of different ways to put pressure on the other team. Overall, the, on the weekend, Coach, I thought good defense, obviously fantastic mm-hmm. offense, and, and good pitching except for a couple little spots. No, exactly right. I mean, I, I thought, uh, you know, certainly on Friday night, you know, this point Will comes up with the blister. Um, I don't remember the inning, but I'm going to guess it was the fourth inning on Friday. So anytime you lose your Friday night guy, your ace, that you're hoping to really log some innings and, you know, uh, you know, give you a chance on Friday. He comes out, but then Tyler Myers is excellent and, uh, you know, finishes the game. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, we, 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 you know, get a huge lead and we would put Broadway in. And I thought he pitched well, but it's tough, even when pitch hitters, because, you know, the, the, the Cardinal sin is to walk people when you got a giant lead. And so you got to throw the ball in there. And they get a couple hits and they score a couple runs. And then, you know, on Sunday, uh, you know, a little bit of bad fortune, you know, for, for Roth, you know, because he had pitched out of a big jam, I think, in the second. Uh, but then in the third, uh, you know, they're able to get to him. A couple plays we don't make, you know, in the field, one in the outfield, one in the infield. Uh, but, you know, enough hits that we, we think we got to go to the pen. And, you know, uh, you know Con- Connor just had a tough, tough outing. And, and of course, you know, it looked like at that point it was going to be their day. You know, they take an 8 nothing lead. Uh, but, you know, boy, did we come storming back offensively. Yeah, and talk about that, Coach. You're sitting there in a in rain delay and, you know, the team's down. And uh, what, was the, what was the mood in the dugout? I mean, honestly, obviously it was we're not going to give up. Yeah, you know, one of the messages between the games uh, that, you know, I, I challenged the guys that, you know, we had won the first two games, and now we're about to, you know, start the next game in, you know, a little less than an hour. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you want to be proud. You want to enjoy that you, you won the weekend. But, you know, we got another game left. And, you know, it would be a very mediocre, um, uh, you know, thought process to say, hey, you know, you know, we already took, you know, two out of three from these guys. So, you know, this game, you know, really doesn't matter. We want to win it, but, you know, it really doesn't matter. No, it, they all matter. You know, there, there's only 30 of them, and, uh, and you don't get them back. And so, uh, you know, I you know, I felt, felt good going into the game, but it looked like it was going to be their day. But credit the offense. And uh, Zebo hits a big home run to get us to 8-2, to two, and then we're first and uh, second with uh, no outs and Keenan up with a 3-1 count, lightning delay. And really at that time I thought, you know, we're going to be able to do something in this thing. We're probably going to put a run or two on the board, and this is going to be our shot. And so made a decision during a lightning delay. We'll run Miller back out there, uh, but as soon as he gets in trouble, we're going, you know, crazy immediately. And probably don't think he can finish the game, uh, but we, we need to stop them and just see if our offense can keep scoring. And uh, But, you know, crazy was able to finish. Coach, Coach, with Etheridge in the blister, did it ever fully go away the first time, or is this something that's just kind of been lingering? No, it, it went away as far as was there a blister there anymore. 
Uh, and, and I don't know enough about, you know, uh, skin and layers of skin. And, you know, uh, I guess we'd have sure. to go to a dermatologist or something like that. But uh, he's gotten to the point over the, the last several weeks where the last couple weeks he hasn't been thrown with anything on his finger, you know, uh, any medicine or any, you know, uh, glue or anything to kind of hold everything together. Uh, well, where we felt pretty comfortable. And the good news, though, on Friday is it didn't open up. You know, it started to get to that first part of a blister where if you ever wore a pair of shoes or swung a golf club, where all of a sudden you look and there's not that, that liquid under where it puffs up. It, it just, the skin is like loose, you know, and, and it's the start. And, you know, that's where all of a sudden your body to heal itself starts to send you know, fluid there to, 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 to heal itself, and that's where you start a blister. And so even when he came out on Friday, there was nothing to drain. Thankfully, we got him out of there early enough to where it didn't rip open, where he just had raw skin. Uh, Saturday, the, the fluid came. They drained the fluid back out of it, uh, but they've been putting medicine on. And if you looked at it today, it just it looks really dry because that's what the medicine does. It just really dries out the skin and makes it peel up and uh it looks, you know, it may not look pretty today, but but it looks good, you know, from from you know way it looked. And uh, I, I would think, you know, it's still day to day, but I, I feel uh, better that he'll he'll start on Friday. Uh, you know, I, I you know I think he's going to be all right. We're we're not going to let we're going to stay away from the bullpen this week and uh, mm-hmm. not do a lot of throwing this week. But uh, but I feel pretty good about Friday. So what what do you feel now? I notice where you uh, I listened to you on Richard's show about an hour ago and you said Zach's going to start against Southern tomorrow night. Where are you with the, with the Sunday starter now? Well, don't, don't really know. And, uh, you know, and I, when you don't know, and, and I know that, you know, I think from, from, from a reporter's standpoint or from a stand, you know, you'd like to you know, announce three guys, but it's probably more common now than, than, you know, ever that you get to this point where, you know, uh, at least I think we feel pretty good about a Friday guy. You know, Will's been dominant, and you know, McKenzie's been tremendous. And we just we're we're kind of that TBA. There's some guys that have pitched well, and some guys that you know haven't. They've had that opportunity, and and so you're really kind of looking for matchups or maybe the hot guy. Uh, but I don't think that makes us any you know really different than anybody else. Let's remember Florida was TBA both you know Saturday and Sunday, and a lot of guys go go that you know certainly there's there's a it's not like your TBA and it's you know it could be any of the 15 guys. I mean there's there's a few guys that you know can can really take that over. We thought Houston uh, it was the best matchup for Florida after watching them, and that's one of the reasons that you go TBA is that you make sure that you don't slate a guy for that start that maybe after watching them hit for 18 innings. You don't go, wow, I don't know if he's the best guy. And uh, we thought Houston with his breaking ball and change-up, he would throw enough breaking balls and change-ups. And really, if we make a play or two, you know, maybe it's a little different. You know, and uh, you know, but but uh, I think with Zach going to Mark and Southern Miss, I think he's a good match for them because he's left-handed. Uh, you know, they're left-handed dominant in their lineup, and you know, the, you know, the best offensive players are left-handed. Uh, but we got a rested bullpen, and uh, you know, everybody can throw a little bit in that game to to, to get us through. Last question, Coach, and we got to ask you this: uh, where, where where's Gunnar Hogland now? Well, he's one of the guys. He he could throw tomorrow in the bullpen. 
uh, and uh, you know he could you know very well start Neil next Sunday. And so uh, he was he he warmed up and probably was likely the guy uh, to finish the game if Caracy couldn't. You know on on Sunday. You know he uh, and talking to to Carl Lafferty, our pitching coach, who was down in the bullpen with him, he said he was he was throwing the ball as good as he you know has all year in the bullpen and was ready to go. So he's not hurt. He's just and, and he hasn't pitched you know super poorly. You know, I just thought we needed something different in there. Uh, that's fine. We wanted to change things up. And, you know, once we saw Florida, and I thought, you know, uh, with with uh, Roth being, you know, having a little better break of ball, a little better off speed, I thought he was a better match for Florida. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with him. You know, you could very well see him in relief tomorrow and certainly this weekend. So, And he's one of the guys that could very well start, you know, on Sunday. Coach, thank you a lot. Keep this hot streak going. Good luck down in Pearl tomorrow night. And then this weekend we've got Kentucky for three games set, and uh, then we'll have one of you guys next Monday after you get four wins this week. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hey, thank Thanks. you. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Mike Bianco, head coach Ole Miss. I, you know, I was beginning to wonder maybe Hoagland was, uh, was injured or his, his confidence was shaken or something, but – uh, you know he's in the you know he just didn't quite do what Bianco expected him to do, kind of like Zach Phillips. He hadn't certainly hadn't given up on either one of them. No, well, Hugland, the problem was that he you know went three innings his last two outings on Sunday. I'm sure he wants to get a little, little bit more. He didn't give up any runs, I believe, in five of those innings. But um, for one reason or not, he wasn't able to make it past that third inning. So he wanted to get a little more consistency. But I still think. He's going to end up being the guy. I, I would hate to yank Miller because he's been so good in that long mm-hmm. middle relief to closer mm-hmm. role to put Myers him too. in there. And Myers just developing in that. With Connor struggling a little bit later, you might want to put Meyer in that in that position. All right, Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders, location in Oxford, University Avenue off the square. That's the original Tupelo, Memphis, and Brandon. Uh-oh. Rhino's telling me I don't have time for this, obviously, if that's the music already. (laughs) All right, we'll do Rebel Flashback later in the show. Hang tight. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Trying to get in touch with Tom Luke. Uh, 
Tom told me he may have a little conflict of interest for a few minutes uh, getting these kids to this last practice of spring training was today. And, uh, okay. Hey, Tom. Hey, Hey, man. It's all good. Uh, You got everything taken care of? Yeah, just got finished feeding everybody, Chip. Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time because I knew you were you were cut close for time. Um, I just want to kind of talk to you about spring training and the Grove Bowl. We had you know people there that watched it, and uh, first, really, the first full practice that the media got to watch. And I, I got to tell you, um, I wasn't Sugar Bowl impressed, but I was impressed with the progress the teams made. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I think from day one to, to uh, practice sports, I think there was a, a world of difference. You know, obviously there's a lot of progress that still needs to be made. But, uh, and, you know, and I think they've stayed pretty uh, basic in the, in the spring game, obviously, with everybody watching all the games and stuff like that. I think you're going to see it pretty vanilla across the, the country with all these being televised now. So you're, you're, you're kind of uh, – kind of dummy it down a little bit, but uh, I thought that, uh, you know, for the most part, the execution and the the, uh, the penalties pre-snap and, and all that, I thought it was all, you know, a lot of focus there, a lot of snaps, because you have, you know, twice as many snaps as if you would normally take in a regular game on offense and twice as many on defense, so, you know, it's, a, a, you know, you got to see a lot of people on film and that kind of stuff, and I thought it was, you know, for the most part, I agree with you, it was, it was really, really good. You know, Eli Johnson, uh, the center, we we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I thought he, he made a very great statement. I mean, as, about as concise and, and accurate as any statement he could, he said, look, it's a process, and, and we're in the middle of the process. We're not a finished product yet, but we're making steps in the right direction, and I think that's a perfect, uh, a perfect explanation of where the Rebel football team is. Yeah, I think that's 100% accurate. You know, we're not where we want to be, but uh, we're a lot better than where where we started, you know, back uh, two months ago. Let's talk a little bit about each unit for just a, just a minute each. Uh, you know, the offensive line, you know me, I'm a, I'm a trench guy, old school. <laughs> um, I, I, think, uh, I think that obviously Alex Givens, Ben Brown, Royce Newman, Eli are, are pretty solid. Uh, ben and Alex could even be considered more than solid. Uh, the fifth position, Bryce Matthews right now, Chandler Tewitt maybe, maybe Jalen Cunningham if he develops over the summer, but uh, not as much depth as we're used to on that old line. Ready depth is what I'm talking about. That's right. You know, but Michael Howard, you know, uh, a little bit undersized, but, but gutsy where he makes up for it and – you know, quickness off the ball, you know, good feed and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, look for him. He's, you know, looks much, much bigger right now. And, you know, I think he's kind of got a taste of it. And there's, uh, you know, if we can just get him just a little bit bigger, you know, you know, 12 to 15 pounds heavier, uh, he's going to be a, a player for us. So then, of course, you know, Chuck, we talk about these guys that are coming in, you know, with seven of them coming in, you uh you know, we've had some fairly good success with people like Greg Little and Javon Patterson and having one or so out of each class that comes in and plays. And really, if we can match up one or two of those in that larger class coming in, and like you said, the guys that you mentioned already, 
plus the ones that got so much experience with Chandler and Michael Howard, Bryce Matthews, those guys that hadn't uh, got on the big stage as much as uh, we've experience-wise in the past. You know, I think we got a chance to, to be uh, be pretty good up there. So, Matt Corral had a good a good day. Obviously, uh, you know, completed almost sixty percent of his passes, and. Uh, you know, 240, 250 yards. I thought that was pretty solid for him. Um, real, real young at quarterback, though, and, and that's obvious even with Matt that there's some schooling that's got to be done. That's right. You know, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, bottom line is you got five seniors on offense total. You know, and, and that's, you know, it's you're a young football team and, and young on offense, you know, with uh, the graduation plus, uh, you know, four of them leaving early. You're sitting there with uh, with five seniors on offense, so there's some growth there. Two of them at tight end, and two of them at offensive line, and one at running back. So, uh, you know, where you're sitting there with uh, uh, you know some young kids that are going to get better with time. You know, I mean, I just because they hadn't played doesn't mean they're not good players. You know, I was I was impressed with Dent. You know, I thought yeah. Dent did some really good things, particularly with his oh. feet. Uh, and Tisdale right. made one touchdown pass that was about as pretty as you want to see. Yeah, and I think also I think there was, you know, the, to me the thing that stood out to me is the what ifs still is, you know, having the white jerseys because of the number of injuries we had. We had a couple out there in white jerseys with Matt Corral being one of them and Jalen Julius and Braylon Sanders had three white jerseys out there. But the, the thing is, the first couple of drives, could have gone either way based on uh, the white jersey calls. Would they attack him? Would he not? Marking him on the eight instead of on the two, first and ten, and we don't, you know, end up having to kick the yeah. field goal the next play. You know, things like that that uh, that the, uh, the you wonder if this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And uh, you know, I think that obviously, you know, you don't want to get anybody hurt, and it's not worth it at this point. But at the same time, you know, you could have come out of there with two uh, touchdown drives, your first two drives. And I think, uh, you know, there would have been a lot of more excitement on there and there would be, you know, some issues on the defensive side. So you can't win and you can't lose, you know. So. Tom, we saw Tylen a little bit more at the slot than the tailback. Is that something that's going to trend even in the fall? Well, I think that, you know, it's all about the players, you know, during spring and just trying to find out, you know, what better time than the spring to, to find out what they can do. I, I think there's no doubt that running back could be our deepest position, especially on offense. And, uh, to, uh, with the injuries that we've had at wide receiver and the, you know, the, uh, not as many starters coming back there. I think it was a great time to throw him out there in left street. And I thought he, uh, uh, great. because I think. In Rich Rod's offense, they put the running back out there in the slot anyway a lot. Mm-hmm. They do those kind of things and, and use the uh, in the passing game a lot. So, you know, put him out there and, you know, maybe be a multi-spot uh, guy, you know, where he can jump in the slot and he can also jump back in the backfield and carry the ball a lot, you know. So I think uh, just kind of utilizing him and getting our best players and getting playmakers on the field is, is the whole goal. I thought he and Knight, I mean, excuse me, he and uh, Elijah Moore were two of the stars of the of that scrimmage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you another one I was impressed with, uh, you know, with Scotty Phillips not being out there, I, I really thought Snoop Connor showed a maturity beyond, you know, someone that's supposed to be a high school senior right now. 
And I tell you what, to be honest with you, he's a lot of fun. I said, you're not going to tackle him without being punished. And, you know, that's, you know, I think that's something that, uh, you know, short yardage and things of that nature, two back sets that you saw a little bit of, things like that. He's going, I think he's going to get a chance to play because of his hard nose, his toughness, and how thick he is. You know, I thought he just, light years, you know, he hadn't even walked across the stage yet in high school graduation, and all of a sudden he's here, you know, uh, playing SEC football and, you know, getting some carries. So that's, you know, to me that uh, uh, says a lot about where we're headed and, you know, the recruiting class that we had, too. i tell you what, he's got arms like a blacksmith. Man, <laughs> good grief. Tom, he's, he's a woman, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if I want to tackle him. I might overlay a little bit on that one. Tom, on the short yard, as you were talking about sets, are we going to see the quarterback get under center next season? Is that in in Rich Rod's game plan? I'm sure he – Rich Rod does a little bit. He believes in get whatever it takes to get it done. I know you're going to see some two-back stuff. And obviously, you know, one of his trademarks is uh, quarterback carrying the ball, which was Matt in the white jersey. I thought there were several times, you know – he possibly could have – it adds another dimension to it, you know. So, with the quarterback run, uh, two backs, uh, whether it be under center or not, you know, I mean, I, I can't tell you that that's what he's going to go to or not going to I think that's going to be a schemed-up deal from week to week. Uh, and if we gotcha. can get an advantage out of it, I guarantee he's going to use it. So, let me ask you this, Tom. From a, from a strategy standpoint, um is there going to be any nervousness about running Matt? I mean, because you got two true freshmen right behind him with zero experience, um, or or is it just hey, we're gonna we're gonna play the offense the way it is, and what happens happens? Well, I think again that's going to be schemed up, and that's going to be a decision for that's out of my pay grade for making that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I think you, I think that you're you're you are talking about that he's going to run his offense. He's going to be comfortable with it. I think he might be well coached up and, uh, you know, that he might get down a little bit. But if it's there, we're going to take it. We're not just going to say he's not going to run the football. You know, they're going to have to defend it because that's what's going to make the other part. You know, somebody's got to defend him every time he keeps it. He's got to keep it to keep him honest, you know, to keep that extra guy out of the box on the running game to the running back. So I think it's got to be part of it, you know. So it's, it's like that in everybody's offense. Let's flip over to defense uh uh, I was going to ask you about Dontario Drummond. I thought he looked pretty good at times mm-hmm. too. But let's flip over to defense because we've only got about six more minutes. Uh, I, I like the three-four. I, I I was worried before spring started about uh, Shepard and Wiley and Sam Williams, uh, Luke Knox and Brendan Williams being able to cover in in coverage calls. But uh, man, I, I don't have that worry anymore. No, I think they adapted well. I mean, those guys are big guys that can also put their hand on the ground, but they're they're very, very, very athletic. You know, those guys. Uh, you know, really, this defense sets up for all those guys you just mentioned uh, to be able to stand up, play out there, and then, like I said, you're going to see them with their hand on the ground in certain situations as well. So, I think those are kind of a, the hybrid guys that you know that that you look for. Uh, uh, that you see in the NFL that take those, uh, the Marquis Haynes kind of guys and put them out there as outside backers, cover guys, but then they're rushing, blitzing, put their hand on the ground, whatever it want to, uh, so you're not having to do that wholesale change and, uh, that, that some teams do. You know, and, and in the, in this scrimmage, we weren't able to see, 
uh, Benito Jones or Josiah Coatney or Sincere David. Uh, but we did get to see a taste of, you know, the guys that um, we're going to be counting heavily on. I mean, uh, Quentin Bivens, uh, Ryder Anderson, Tariqus Tisdale, Austrian Robinson, who's the 38 guy, uh, Chucky Mullins award winner. Those guys are going to be important. Oh, no doubt. I think that, you know, when you, you talk about the number of guys uh, out there, like I said, uh, based on what what we were talking about earlier on, on offense, there was very few uh, defensive players that we had that were seniors that weren't hurt most of the time. You know, you, you know uh, I think uh, Miles Hartsfield and uh, Kabir Shepard uh, were the only two that weren't out for multiple, multiple days during the spring. We're the only two seniors that weren't out there, you know. Uh, well, Austrian probably as well, three of them. Uh, and the rest of them had extended time that, that weren't in there. So, you know, it's. I think at one time we had as many as 18 guys out for, for you know, for injuries that took place during last season and, and new injuries that there are uh, precautionary. But at the same time, when you have that many people out, you get a chance to see your depth build and, and get and get better. And like I said, when those guys' number got called, you know, I was I was pretty impressed with where we are, especially when you look over there and see green jersey standing there that uh, you know you've seen those guys do it before. So that's what was impressive. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, when you got Benito, Josiah, Montreal Custis, and Jalen Jones, those are four proven commodities. I mean, four of your yeah. top defensive players to mix in with these other guys like Momo and Sam Williams. Boy, what a what a tremendous ath- looking athlete he is. And Kadir Shepard. I, I just think yeah. we've got to be better next year. Yeah, and like I said, you got a guy that you're counting on and, uh, you know, a fifth-year guy in Jalen Julius and Vernon Dasher that played a good bit last year. Those guys were sidelined most of the time. So you put all those guys in and all of a sudden you get those uh, eight or nine guys back in the mix for uh, for camp next year, and you you know you got some depth all of a sudden then, and that's kind of what what uh, you know what we've been looking at, you know. And you're not even mentioning some of the uh, the freshmen that are coming in that uh, you know you're not necessarily counting on, but uh, you'll you'll find a surprise every now and then that's going to help you. And so that's kind of uh, you know it's going to be really really good from the defensive side. I think we're going to have a lot of depth because of the way we had to practice this spring. Tom, we talked about the O-line needing a couple of those guys to stand up, uh, you know, that are coming in, the the freshman newcomers. What other position would you say, just off the top of your head or name a position that you'd like to see get some additional guys to to stick up to? Wide receiver. Well, I I think from the – you really look at it as, you know, the safeties – but yeah. I think moving Jalen Julius over to safety was a big move. I thought Jonathan Haynes had a very, you know, got better every game. He's a, you know, he's a good tackler. Does the uh, does the hard nose stuff and uh, safety that we're used to having. And so, and then you you want you'd like to have maybe one of those freshmen coming in to to add some depth there. But Armani Linton was having a good spring before he got hurt. You, know, you got Montreal Cut Custis coming back, a Vernon Dasher. So. You, you've got some uh, uncertainties at safety, but you've got some uh, definitely playmakers there that just hadn't gotten to play in the system yet that uh, that you wish you got to see more of in the spring. 
But I think he, uh, Jalen, really, uh, the short time he was there, really showed up. And so I, I think that's going to be a, a point of emphasis on defense is that safety position. So. Hey, buddy, thank you so much for your time. And uh, uh, congratulations on what I consider successful spring. Uh, but obviously, as Eli Johnson said, it's a work in progress. We've got to keep going. No doubt. we got to get better every day. And I, I think we got, you know, we got we definitely have the talent to get better. So uh, uh, I think they will, and they're going to work really extremely hard this summer. And, uh, you know, I look for good things, and I'm excited maybe more than ever about coming back for, for, uh, for August to get here. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Take care. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Rest in peace, Mr. Tom Petty. All right, welcome back to the final segment of Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm going to breeze through this Rebel flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders. Last week, I thought the Rebel offense had really done a number on the Arkansas pitching staff in Fayetteville, and they did. But, man, they absolutely demolished Florida pitching over the weekend in a three-game sweep of nationally ranked Gators. Ole Miss scored 40 runs, collected 49 hits, and walked 13 times. Amazing. Remarkable offense, the kind of offense Yancey Porter has been saying all along these Rebels had the potential to, to display. In conference play, five Rebels are now hitting over 300, led by shortstop Greg Kessinger at a sizzling 404, followed by Cole Zabowski at 375, Anthony Servideo at 333, Ryan Olenek at 326, and Thomas Dillard at 302. Ever since Coach Mike Bianco moved Servideo down in the lineup, and move Olenek to lead off. Both have been very productive. On the mound, Will Lethridge and Doug Nicasey are a tough one-two punch on Friday and Saturday, but a Sunday guy has to be found. A relief pitching seems to be very solid this far. But here's the bottom line. If the Rebel offense keeps ginning like it is now, I think I could pitch a few innings and the Rebels could still win. Good job, baby. Keep those bats hot. Rebel flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders. Let's go to the control room for uh, – Hayden King and around the SEC. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. All right, let's check the news from around the Southeastern Conference. Auburn was the last SEC team left in the NCAA tournament. One second away from playing for a national championship, Auburn instead saw its season end with Virginia's Kyle Guy hit three free throws with .6 seconds on the clock, giving the Cavaliers a 63-62 win, thus ending Auburn's run and setting up a Texas Tech-Virginia final in the NCAA tournament. 
Former NBA and University of Nevada head coach Eric Musselman has been named as the head men's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas. Musselman has more than 30 years of coaching experience, including 14 years as head coach in the NBA, NCAA, and CBA. And after an extensive national search, Vanderbilt has named Jerry Stackhouse the new men's basketball head coach. A first-year assistant coach with the Memphis Grizzlies following two seasons as head coach of the NBA G League's Raptors, Stackhouse takes the reins of Vanderbilt's program. That's all for SEC News. I'm Hayden King. Back to Chuck and Yancey. Thank you, Hayden. Good job filling in for Mr. Jack Schultz. Uh, remember now, in Pearl, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Ole Miss, Southern Mississippi, another big game. Of course, every game's big for the Rebels at this point in the season. Um, he's going. Mike's going to go with Zach Phillips, and let's let's hope Zach gets his preseason mojo going. Man, we need him. We need a good left-handed pitcher to come on. You know, Doug's done his part, uh, lefty, but we need another one. Yeah, man. Let's be honest. He's accounted for half the losses for Ole Miss, so. You know, he, he needs to start proving his worth to keep keep getting these opportunities. Half the losses. Yeah. Oh, his record's one and oh. Well, I'm talk- <laughs> Chuck, I'm talking about the- how he's actually pitched. Yeah, I got it. Um, and then this weekend, Kentucky rolls into Oxford. Friday, six thirty. Saturday, seven p.m. Sunday, one thirty. Supposed to be pretty good weather, I understand. And if if so. Let's fill that stadium up, Rebel fans. That's uh, going to be another big weekend because the Rebels are tied for first in the West and one game behind Georgia in overall SEC uh, standings. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. You need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, or a lawnmower. Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want. With affordable financing and competitive prices, that's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Well, good. I wish every week as a Rebel was as good as last week, even though it started off poorly with a humbling baseball loss to North Alabama or South Chicago or East Belgium, I don't know, some no-name school that shouldn't have beaten us. And softball lost their opener at Kentucky. Both teams rebounded nicely, or should I say spectacularly. The Rebel baseball team swept Florida in fine fashion, 40 runs on the weekend, and coming back from an 8 to nothing deficit in the second game of a Saturday doubleheader. Ole Miss collected 49 hits on the weekend on Gator pitching. That's remarkable. The Rebs are now 23-10 and 10 overall, 8-4 and four in SEC play, tied for first place with LSU and Arkansas, who they beat two out of three in the West. Georgia's 9-3 and three out of the East. Rebel softball team looked rough in the opener at Kentucky losing 11-4, but rebounded to take an 8-4 win in the second game of the three-game set and scoring four runs in the first extra inning of a 2-2 contest to take the third game 6-2. The Rebels are 27-10 overall and 7-4 in the SEC. The good, bad, and the ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports. Just no bad and ugly, really, other than the North Alabama game, Nancy. Um, that was it, and it was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> There's no question. Uh, but the RPI, again, is right around the 20 spot, depending on which one you're looking at. And Rebels are in good position to put themselves what as a host. What are they, ranked 15th now? Yeah, 15 to 10. 11 is kind of who I – D1 is what I follow. And they and what are they in D1? They're 11. 11, okay. It's kind of one they show everywhere the most, I guess. D1, okay. Yeah, but um, – You're I, always going to pick the highest one, and so am I. 
Well, no, I think they're <laughs> ten in a couple. But oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, mainly, you look at the RPI and where they stand. I, I think they're back in position to be a, a host again. And if you get a go four and zero this weekend, you can start, you know, thinking about being a national host again. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Show up at Pearl tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Ole Miss versus Southern Mississippi in a big game. Then Kentucky and Oxford Friday at 6.30, Saturday 7 p.m., Sunday 1.30. We'll see you at those games. Good night, everybody. Howdy, toddy.